All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. I am Stuart Anderson. This is a special series devoted to young doctors and students looking for mentorship and leadership when it comes to deciding what comes next in their professional life. We've gone out and found some of the very best inside the Crown Council membership to provide some perspective, uh, some do's and don'ts, some advice on how to pick uh, where do you go in your professional career. Um, Looking back on their lives, especially today as we talk to Dr. Kelly Dove, uh, she shares how she entered as an associate, uh, advice that she would give to her old self entering a practice as an associate, and then now... She owns her own practice and is hiring associates. So she can see it from both perspectives, uh, coming on as an associate and hiring an associate. And she provides some really key um, examples and advice for doctors hoping to do the same. Another neat perspective that Dr. Dove provides is she works with her husband. So the two of them own a practice or two practices together, and she talks about their relationship, their communication, and what it takes to uh, run a practice with a loved one, uh, a partner. So hopefully you'll enjoy uh, this episode with Dr. Kelly Dove. Uh, grateful to each of you, thankful for our listeners. If you're interested in becoming part of the Crown Council or our Young Dentist Program, uh, I am Stuart Anderson, and I'm here to help in any way. Inside the show notes of this podcast, you'll find my email and a link to the Crown Council's website where you can communicate and connect with us. All right, enjoy this podcast, and hopefully you learn a lot from uh, Dr. Kelly Doe. Thanks. All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentorship Podcast. I am uh, Stuart Anderson, joined today by Dr. Kelly Dove. Welcome, Kelly. Hello, thank you for having me. Grateful to have you with us. Um, I've got a short introduction about Kelly. If um, if if you don't know her, I'm going to introduce her. Uh, if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, uh, this special series is a 12-part a series that's laid out just for students and young doctors looking for advice and mentorship on what comes next in their professional career. So um, should you be joining a practice as an associate, as a partner? Should you be building a practice, buying an old practice, uh, going and working for a big group practice? Hopefully the mentors that we've gone out and found and are introducing you to can help answer some of those questions and, and help you be more prepared for what comes next in your professional career. So thank you you to Kelly. She's going to, me and Kelly were just talking. It's going to be really fun because she's been on both sides of being an associate. So she was an associate. Now she's hiring associates. So it's going to be fun to talk to her about that. Uh, Kelly, you grew up in Southeast Missouri, correct? Correct. Yes. Papa Bluff. So uh, your practice now in Nexa is that's, is that one of the reasons that you're practicing in Nexus? Cause it was, it, it feels like home. It's kind of like where you grew up. As I'm a small town girl and, and I love it. So Nix is a, a good small town place to raise a family. So it's a good spot. Nice. Very cool. So uh, received your bachelor's degree in biology at Westminster College and then spent four years completing a doctorate of dental surgery at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And then while in dental school, you met your husband, Steve, and they, you guys do work together, which we'll talk about today as a husband and wife team in two different practices. Very cool. So I spent a lot of time, Kelly, on your website and on your Google reviews. I hope you don't mind. 502 Google reviews for your practice and I a full five-star rating from all your 502 Google reviews. It was so fun to read um, the Google reviews. She's laughing. So here's one I, here's one I copied. 
from Christy. As someone who has not been to the dentist in a long time and is apprehensive about my visit and needs, Dr. Kelly and her team far exceeded my expectations. They're incredibly kind. They truly care about their patients and made me feel more comfortable at the dentist than I ever thought possible. I can't recommend them enough. Thank you so much. I thought that was really fun to read through those reviews. I mean, because you can hide all you want behind a website, but you can't hide from Google reviews. They are going to come no matter what. It's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> um, yes. uh, finally, going along with our theme, uh, Kelly was awarded our Young Dentist of the Year Award uh, as, as the top young dentist in Crown Council. And she's been a huge guiding force for leading the next great generation of young docs moving up through Crown Council. So uh, grateful, Kelly, to have you with us. Any, anything I missed there on your, why don't you, why don't you start on like what happened after dental school, where you went, like your, your little journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I, Steve and I got married, um, very last part of dental school during fourth year. And we were searching for where to go next. And, um, I, I didn't want to go far from home. And so we kind of drew this little radius around Missouri of how far of a drive we wanted to go to go home. Um, nice. and we, we landed in Springfield, Missouri. And one thing that we didn't really see coming was that it was actually a real challenge to find, um, two positions for two associate dentists, because there aren't too many offices that are looking for, for two dentists at one time. And then we also, with the non-compete clauses on top of that, it, it, we were like, oh man, we don't want to, you know, circle ourselves out of an area and have to completely relocate if some, one of us didn't, it didn't work out or whatnot. So, so we searched really hard and we both found two associateships and, you know, we had some ups and downs for the next couple of years that we worked as an associate. Um, I worked in one office and Steve started in another. Um, he found out that they weren't as busy as what they had promised him to begin with. And it just wasn't going to bring enough home for us and student loan debt and whatnot. So he actually, um, the owner dentist that I was working for decided, well, he thought he could have part-time in one of both of his two offices. So Steve kind of did part-time in each office where I was primarily at the larger office. So we did that for quite a, for two years. Um, I was there a total of three. It was a busy practice, so it gave me a lot of experience as a dentist. Um, there wasn't much mentorship, actually, I would say. Um, I, I had some interesting associate doctors that were older that I worked with and, and they didn't really care to mentor too much. So, and that was, I just kind of learned it, you know, um, you kind of get that vibe. So, so I just kind of had to jump in and figure out how to do things. And so it, to some extent, it was a huge blessing because it made me independent on my own. I had to I had to bail myself out if I got stuck in a surgery or something like that. So, so it kind of made me, it, I'm grateful for the time that I had there. So I also learned too, that if you keep the hygienist happy, um, your schedule fills up a lot faster. So, nice. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> when you're, when you're the nice doctor that's in there and you're quick and on time for those hygiene checks and, and super positive and diagnose the way it should be done. Um, the hygienist will come get you in a heartbeat. And so I learned that quickly and my schedule filled up a lot faster than the other doctors in the office because of it. Interesting. Um, 
which was, which was really cool. Great advice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you kind of notice in an office, there's usually a matriarch. So you keep that matriarch happy and good things come your way. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's great advice. I haven't heard that yet. Very good. So, um, but, but yes, so that it was, it was a great experience. I was there a total of three years um, Steve, eventually we purchased an office. Um, we spent those three years looking at practices all across the state. I mean, we, at one point, I think we looked at over 20 offices to purchase. So we actually, I think because of the volume of offices that we looked at with brokers, we got really good at evaluating practices and seeing what was a good buy, getting a feel for how practice numbers worked, you know, overhead, P&Ls, all those things that we weren't getting as associates. We actually did that by just visiting practices. Um, and then at one point, we just stumbled upon an incredible opportunity at an unrealistic price, and, and we jumped on it. So, um, and it was a small office, retiring doctor, four operatories. And we laugh that um, kind of sometimes when you when you buy a practice, when it's a slower office, this was kind of like taking a boat and that was heading in one direction and then turning it and making <laughs> it go faster in another direction. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, <laughs> whereas two years later, we did a startup office and that was more like a slow boat, but at least it was going in the right direction. And then all of a sudden it just took off. If, if that kind of makes sense, it never yeah. really went in the wrong direction like it did the first office that we were purchasing. Yeah. It was just going downhill. So turning it, steering it, making it go faster, but starting off as a startup, a little different vibe. There. Time. So, yeah. So when you were joining the practice as an associate, um, mm -hmm. is that the choice like you had made in dental school? Like, this is where I want to go. I want to kind of... Uh, understand maybe what I love about dentistry and learn from a, um, a different practice. Is that what you had hoped to do as you were in dental school? Yeah, I, I always wanted to be a private practice owner. That was always my end goal. Okay. Um, I also wanted to get just some experience. Um, I did not do a AGD or GPR out of school. I just went straight into practicing dentistry. And so for me, I really just wanted to get some clinical speed up. Okay. And Steve and I were actually talking the other night. We, we both felt like it took about three years for us to really pick up some clinical speed. And then once we were a little bit more comfortable with the clinical portion, there came, um, which is what Crown Council has helped so much with, is the actual verbiage and, and just verbal skills with the patients. So it, it, for us, it's kind of two part. You've got to learn verbal skills and you've got to learn clinical skills. And, and I think you really start clipping along around year five. So it sounds like a long time, but that's about what I've noticed for associate doctors. It takes them about two years to really start making some movement with nice. their clinical skills. So, so if you were going to talk to young mm -hmm. Kelly, who's coming out of school, um, and you're about to sign this agreement to be an associate. Well, I mean, what advice are you giving a young, out of school, young doctor who's joining as an associate? Um, very clear expectations um, with your owner doctor. Um, okay. I, would, I would get from them what they want out of the relationship because at the end of the day, it is a relationship and everyone's gonna have different priorities whether it's a retiring doctor or a younger doctor that just wants to grow the practice. Um, I would get advice from them on how they treatment plan okay. to make sure 
that the treatment plans are aligning about the same or that you're comfortable the way they're treatment planning because ultimately they're probably gonna have similar expectations out of you on clinical skills and everything. So I would get, I would just get very clear expectations, get a lawyer to read your contract, make sure nice. that there's okay. a couple things in there that, that you were protected. What happens when you leave with insurance claims as they trickle in, you know, is the day you leave the last day you get paid? Um, or do you continue receiving pay after that? Non-compete clauses. I would just make sure you've got a lawyer and that you really understand. You almost prepare for the divorce before, <laughs> before, if that makes, that's okay. kind of bad to yep. say, but prepare yep. for the end when you're signing the contract so that you can, you can leave on a good terms, I would say, if Smart. and when that happens. So, yeah. What yeah. about, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I too like what kind of training that you would be provided. I think that's really important. Whether it's in training isn't necessarily just a CE stipend, but how you're going to be invested in as a person, or are you just going to kind of be on your own to grow yourself? Right. That is tough because um, as a new doc coming on, you kind of don't know. Maybe I'm if if it, the expectations aren't clear, maybe you'll be not given patience, like you have to fend for yourself. And like you were saying at the beginning, I mean, you had to learn how to do things on your own. I mean, that is an, as an expectation would be nice to know before you start. Yeah. yeah. And I think you start to develop, develop just a vibe as a clinician. Um, it just becomes your personal habits on how you practice on a daily basis. And so just kind of being protective of what type of vibe you put yourself in on a daily basis with that, especially the first few years out and what type of dentistry you're doing. If you're happy doing that type of dentistry, just kind of be a little protective because it lays the groundwork for your future in the future, unless you put in a lot of time and investment in changing yourself and improving yourself. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, um, if you were going to, to do something different as an associate, so if you look back on your career and the, what you did with that practice, um, what advice mm -hmm. or changes would you make as an associate? Like how, how do you be the best associate possible as a young doctor? Yeah, I, I definitely would have taken more CE if somebody had just kind of reassured me and said, you can spend more money on CE, it'll be okay. This will be a good return on investment. Um, and, and not only clinical skills, but also the verbal skills and leadership skills. So you can be your own little tiny leader in your office. <laughs> nice. Um, because, you know, I had my, I couldn't go and, and run an office meeting. I didn't have that ability in that type of office, but I did have an, two assistants and a main hygienist that, that I kind of led a little tiny team. We didn't do a huddle, but my little tiny team did a huddle and that was, that was okay. But that, so just kind of creating your own little leadership niche within the office and practicing those leadership skills and those verbal skills. I've told my associates currently, you only, you only get to do the dentistry that you treatment plan. It, it seems really basic, but it, I hear a lot of young dentists are like, oh, well, the owner doctor gets all the veneer cases and whatnot. And what I've really seen 
what really happens is, is the owner doctor has better verbal skills and treatment planning skills because of experience to get those veneer cases sold. And so you only, you only get to clinically do what you treatment plan and what the patient's willing to buy from you. And so you've got to improve yourself to be able to get those skills. Nice. So. And uh, any advice to young docs on where to go to improve? I mean, any, any mentors or coaches or CE training that you have loved that might, uh, you yeah. might pass on. Yeah. You know, there, there are so it's almost information overload and I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I try to what somebody else, what the buzz of the best CE course, Dr. Hornbrooks is amazing. Um, the, the education that he provides with, with his cosmetic work, it, it's wonderful. And, and I highly recommend that there's so much information overload with podcasts, um, right. and the social media. Now, um, everyone posts their best case on, on Facebook, you know? And so I think just finding your niche and what you love and then, and then use the test of everyone else and say, okay, well, this has been a really great course that a bunch of people have gone and I'm going to try this, but stick through it and don't just go for just to learn. You have to implement. I've done that. And I've learned that over the past. It's going to the course, learning it is one thing, but going back and implementing it to make sure it's a part of your daily routine is really where you see the benefit and increase in case acceptance and increase in your production. So the implementation is the rub. (laughs) The learning is the fun part. Right. Well, it's, uh, I mean, Steve has said it many times to me where he says, knowing is not doing, doing is doing. So as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> no, it, it's harder than it, sa- it <laughs> than is. it actually is. I agree. Yes. All right. We're going to just take a short break from this podcast episode to talk about the Crown Council's Young Dentist Program. The Young Dentist Program is hosted by the Crown Council, Dr. David Hornbrook and the Utah Valley Dental Lab. This is our opportunity to connect with and mentor some of the young dentists who are joining the Crown Council. We invite all young dentists one to five years out of dental school to join our young dentist program and be a part of an incredible group of young dentists working to jumpstart their careers by finding the very best in dentistry to mentor them and help them get their career started. Uh, Every year, the Crown Council hosts a new class of young dentists and you're invited to be part of that class Uh, online. And in the notes of this podcast, there's a link to the youngdentistprogram.com where registration and information about the program is going on all the time. So we invite you to be part of the Young Dentist Program and uh, come and be with us and be mentored with the Crown Council and connect with some of the very best young dentists in dentistry. So, so three years as an associate, and you've already talked about, then you moved on, you guys bought a practice. What was that a deciding factor? You knew that from the beginning that you were going to move on. Um, so how did you know that at the three-year mark, it was time to, to move on? So it made an interesting dynamic, um, and not to spend too much time on it because we were a couple working together in the office and one of us left. It made a very interesting dynamic with my current job in the office. Um, and so it just didn't become a healthy position anymore. So, so I kind of took some time and found another office that I was going to purchase. And I went and worked at that for a couple months. And I realized that really wasn't going to be a good fit. 
So interestingly enough, after that, I worked two part-time jobs, one, um, and both of them were indirectly associated with Crown Council, um, or directly associated with Crown Council. And I didn't know it at the time, which is just really crazy. So I did traveling nursing home care for a while. And then, um, and then I worked for a really high in office, um, about an hour away from my home, just kind of part-time. And, um, and they were a part of, um, the boot camp, dental boot camp, long time mm. ago. So I got a brief t- introduction to crown council, um, through that and kind of just found that it was a good, just cultural fit for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I just happened upon a really cool opportunity to do a startup where a husband and wife, they were divorcing and, and they just left a dental space. Um, and so, so my thought when we looked at it was we were just going to walk in and put equipment in there and, and do a startup in the office, but we quickly realized it turned into a complete gut of the office, reworked the floor plan and everything, but we're five years into the startup. And I think five years ago, we put two dental chairs in and, um, and that's just kind of my philosophy is I like, I like to do things. I don't want to overspend so that it affects my client and my patient care. And so I, I just do things as I can. And that has been a good fit for me. And we've gone from eight to or two to nine operatories in the office and um, in five years. And I've been able to pay for it as we go. And it's been a very rewarding experience. And, very cool. and those Google reviews, they, they mean a lot. Um, <laughs> and those are purposeful. They, they don't just happen. There's right. a lot of things that go into an office culture and systems in place to make sure that you give those patients that same experience throughout the office. Yeah. That many patients a day. It's a lot of review. I mean, I've looked at a lot. You got to know the position I'm in. I look at a lot of Google reviews for dental offices. <laughs> so uh, very cool yes. to see. Very purposeful. So, yeah. Kelly, if you were going to, um, if you were going to describe to a student, what are the most important elements in making a decision of what comes next? Mm-hmm. Like, could you, could you point to two or three things that you say, you got to know this, you have to explore this and uh, be sure to do this before you decide. Is there any, any advice you'd give there? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of planned um, critical thinking time. Okay. So um, I think you need some time to reflect and write down your goals. And it's important to write down you can put down the craziest 10 10 year goal that you want, but just write it down and then work your way backwards into five, three, one. And then once you get to one, be purposeful over the next year. And I think that that has been a big difference in the success that we've been able to have over the years is I am 10 years out now and I probably couldn't have imagined the point that we would be at 10 years ago. And so um, now that I'm planning the next 10 year goals, I'm writing some ridiculous things down because I want them to happen, you know? Um, And so I think do what you love. And Steve Anderson gave me that advice a long time ago was just do what you love and do it really well. And then for me also being a really well-rounded person. So being purposeful on a on a weekly and a daily basis to make sure that you're 
that your mind is healthy, your muscle is healthy, um, your money, um, financial situation is healthy. And then um, also your meaning, I think is too. And that's all gonna, all of those things are gonna have different purpose yeah. for each of us individually. But that's where that critical thinking time comes into to play, to actually sit down and not have a phone on you and write down and focus without any distractions what's really important to you in those categories and be purposeful on a daily basis to get to those goals. So good. That is such great advice. Um, and I know that in from your, your website that faith is a big part of your and Steve's life. Do you want mm-hmm. to talk at all about your, your own personal faith, how that plays into your practice? It, it really does. And, you know, I, we have to be a little careful because right. we run a business. <laughs> and so, um, we have, we have made some, some, our, our vision statement is to grow people and create positive moments. And so that for us is, is our way to make sure that our team members have a purpose and that they feel like they're being, um, invested in. And then creating positive moments, we, we give them on a monthly basis, they get to nominate someone in the practice. And we, we've even done like our FedEx guy, you know, they can nominate anybody, but they have to come up with something that makes a difference in their life. And we have a budget for that. And, um, and it can be anything from a a patient that was diagnosed with cancer and, um, and he plays golf and we got him a gift certificate to go play golf. Or Mm. um, we've, we had patient with fire and they lost their kitchen. And so we've packaged up, you know, a big basket full of kitchen supplies and stuff. So um, it, it's something that I want the team members doing because I want it to make a difference in their lives and to give them the opportunity to do that for one another. So, So that has been something that strategically our core values we've put in as servant's heart, because it goes back to that faith is, is in a way that I, do, I don't have to, I can be their employer, but I also can encourage them to have a deeper meaning in their life and purpose when they come to work. And I think that that has made a difference in employee retention for us over the past year or so um, is because I, the team members, and it's taken a little bit of filtering out to make sure we get the right people on board with the culture of the office. And it kind of starts to spread like wildfire. So it starts slow. And then once you, a f- couple of people will be like, oh, this is a little weird. But but once you get it growing, it just starts to take off. And that's the exciting part to see is, is that they feel like they're being invested in and they just aren't a hygienist that comes to work every day and would do the same thing in any other office. So um, that that has made a big difference. And I think our employees... Nice. And it, well, and it translates to your patients. You can see it. I mean, it the does. way that people talk. Yeah. Um, as an associate, and then yes. now you're an owner hiring associates. Mm-hmm. What is it that you're looking for in an associate? Like um, if, you, if you're going to bring on the, uh, someone listening, what is it that they can start working on now that you would be interested in that, that is an important part of being part of your team? Yeah. And I think that's going to be a be different for everyone. Um, I really like to know what's important to them, whether, and that may be owning a practice in the future. And 
I don't think it has to be a you versus me relationship. I think that we can help one another or I can, at this point in time, I can help open an office so that they are the lead doctor and, and partner in that office. Um, I think that there's a great way for us all to be team members and to not feel like an isolated island um, because I have felt like before private practice without a good um, family like Crown Council or group that you can rely on, um, it can be a little bit of an island out there where you feel like you're kind of the only person. So I really like to know what's at their core heart. Like, is it just, I want to come to work and take care of my patients so that I can go home and, and be a good parent? Or is it, I really want to increase my clinical skill and I want to own my own practice someday. So that's, I really want to have those open discussions um, so that I make sure the expectations of, of the office and how our relationship is going to pan out is if it's going to be a good fit or not, because it should be a good fit for both parties or, or probably should find someone else. So <laughs> very good. Any, um, Anything that you would do different from when, when, from your life, from how you've done your progression of, of professionalism, any, um, I don't want to call them mistakes, but, uh, looking back, any, anything you do different? Um, I wish I'd had a little bit more confidence in myself, um, to go out and do this because it's easy looking back at five years and seeing the Google reviews and the way the practice has grown and, and how well the systems are in place and everything. I don't think that at that three-year mark, I had the confidence or the leadership skills to be able to do those things. And so um, I, I think that that is just a personal thing for me, but I wish that I wish that I had given myself a little bit more credit to go out there and, and do this before I did and, and not probably spent quite as long as an associate, but it's scary making that transition, scary. you know, yeah. to go from a, um, a set income to taking out debt to possibly less income. That's, right. a, that's a challenging <laughs> <laughs> um, transition, but I, I wish that I had had some more confidence. And um, I think one thing I did really well that I've seen other doctors um, struggle with is really be careful of the, the debt ratio. And um, make sure that you make smart financial decisions and you have realistic salary expectations um, and not overspend in a way that it makes things really stressful okay. because you should enjoy what you did. You, you went to school for a long time to be able to do that and um, dentistry is stressful enough to have that on top of it. Yeah. Um, speaking of stress, just kidding. Yes. You work with your husband. Uh, before we let, I mean, before we close, we have to talk about what is it like to work with a family member advice, um, for, for being part of an effective partnership with your partner. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, we're really fortunate. The patients actually really enjoy it. Having a husband and wife in the office, cool. we don't, um, we don't share clinical days as much as I would like to, because we are kind of separate and manage the offices separately in different days currently. Um, but gosh, we, we have different attributes and we really play on those. So Steve is much more of a visionary than I am. And I'm more of a, I'll get it done and mm -hmm. organize it type person. Um, and I like the 
the numbers and the behind the scenes stuff. Um, whereas Steve, just culture and communication and ah. empowering team members, that is his like love. So he does all the one-on-ones in the office um, monthly with all 26 team members. <laughs> So um, he he loves it, and I'm very thankful for a lot of the things that he does really well that um, that aren't always my strong suit, and and then there are things that I do well that that he doesn't. So one thing I wished that we had done differently was um, when we would go to CE, we would both want to go because we were like, well, if you get to go to the CE, I get to go to the CE, and I kind of wish we had just divvied up all the specialties at the beginning and said, okay, I'm taking these and you're taking these. And then we go to the, go to the CE separately because then it would have just made us a little bit more well-rounded yeah. versus um, versus us both trying to to do all of it. Right. Um, I think that that would have been a better plan for us move, <laughs> if I had to go back in time. So then you would have had twice the twice the power. You would have just yes. like mixed it up. Nice. Yes. But we also, I will say, if there are couples out there, I think it's really important to stop the dental talk at a certain time of the day, um, because as associates, it's one thing, but as owner doctors, there gets to be so many more things on your plate that you don't anticipate. And, um, and it can really start to take over your life. So that's when it goes back to that where I was saying, you know, muscle, mind, meaning, and money. Um, for me, my mind, I, we have to stop talking about the dental offices at 6 PM (laughs) and we have to focus on family time because otherwise I don't want to wake up in 10 years and see my husband and not know how to interact with him other than talk about dental. Um, and I don't want my kids thinking that, that, the offices run our lives either. So, um, so we, we tried to do that. We actually have a plastic lockbox for our phones. That's, it's kind of corny, cool. but you nope. put on it and, um, and we don't have the phone distractions. So, Smart. so yeah, airplane mode works too. There's a lot of different things that you can do, but the phones can be an issue, cool. um, and a distraction. So, um, keeping those relationships healthy is important. Very cool. Um, Kelly, as we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity. If there's any advice that you would give to young Kelly or young Steve, uh, in dental school, is there, is there anything else that you would want to say or advice you'd want to give? Um, just have confidence and be yourself and constantly invest and grow in yourself, um, and take some, some time off <laughs> to nice. enjoy Mu- Muscle, mind, meaning, and money. Did you come up with that on your own? Are those your four? <laughs> that that would be another mentor, but um, that I give credit to. But yes, it it's pretty awesome. If you focus on those on a daily basis, you'll make major strides in your life. Very cool. I got them written down. Yeah. That is a key takeaway. I love it. Well-rounded. Yes. Hey, Dr. Dove, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate your example. I mean, um, you know, Crown Council as a whole, I remember when you were at the Young Dentist Program together with Steve, and I think you were having your baby, like you were like starting was- your family. Yeah. 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 That was, um, baby number two, but, um, yes, she's, she's great. She's three now. Can you believe it? I but can't. Yes. Um, time flies. And that's the other thing for a young dentist. Time really can get away from you because 
you don't have those semesters and years to say that you're a D2, D4. It, it just kind of starts to become life and time will slip away if you aren't purposeful with it. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Thank you, Kelly. Have a great afternoon. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. Thanks so much. And uh, I always say, uh, as we're finishing, um, I am sure that I don't want to speak for you, but if anyone would like to email you or reach out, would you be willing to have a, a young doc reach out to you and ask questions? Absolutely. Happy to. Would you like okay. my email? I've got it. I will put it in the show notes. So if you're listening, I'll put it in the show notes and you can uh, email Kelly if you want. Yes, happy to help. Okay. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.